Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Today's show is awesome. If you're on the way to a race, good luck. Uh, first things first, a couple things you can do for me. If you're on an Apple or iOS device on Apple Podcast, please leave us a review. Five stars always helps, and if you add a little bit of text, that really helps. Um, just helps us stand out and get noticed a little bit more. The next thing, make, your, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, all that kind of fun stuff. It'll make sure that you don't miss an episode. Today's show is the best. Today's show is brought to you, first and foremost, by Supergrip ATV. Uh, Supergrip ATV, I'm going to give a little testimonial here. I went riding this weekend after not riding for about a month. Um, my tires in my garage, just call it what it is, they, they lost a little bit of air. So I ended up airing three out of the four tires up on my rig. And uh, that, that fourth tire, um, to, to circumvent the story a little bit here, um, did not have as much air in it as I thought. The cool thing about the Kevlar and the super strong sidewalls is that uh, they, they look really, it looks like it has more air because the, the sidewall is actually holding the vehicle up. It's such a strong, durable tire. Um, get it into the rocks, got it in a, between a rock and a hard place and another sharp rock. And I find out very quickly that that tire probably has about two, maybe three pounds of PSI in there. I got that tire so bent up and torn, and I thought I was going to get a pinch in the bead. And I mean, I was barely, I was riding on the wheel, basically. Um, I thought I had trashed the tire, and I was personally had already told myself, okay, you lost the front one. You know, make it where the rear doesn't have the same fate. I was already decided. I lost the first tire. Just don't lose the second one. So I did everything I could. Exact same story with the rear tire. Um, thought I had lost it. So end up hobbling it back to the trail. I borrow a buddy's compressor. Next thing I know that this Super Grip ATV K9 tire with Kevlar in it, that's a big distinction here, um, airs back up after being just ravaged and pinched and all kinds of messed up. Airs it back up, about 10, 12 pounds back in it, and it's still holding about 10 pounds as of today. I really can't say that I would ever expect a tire to uh, live during that abuse. So just another testament of how much I believe in those tires. Um, pretty much ran it through flat on some of the most gnarly hill, sharp rocks, bad situation I got myself into. Um, just, a, just a rough spot, and those tires really shined. So... Very glad to have those guys, and also very glad to be promoting a product that kicks ass. So, that being said, the next sponsor is DinoJet Research Inc. Uh, DinoJet has something that's really cool. They have a Power Vision tuner. Now, this tuner is applicable to UTVs, Sea-Doo's, jet skis, motorcycles, trucks, uh, dirt bikes, everything that you can think of. UTVs, obviously. Um, the Power Vision is a powerhouse fuel tuner made to optimize your power for more speed on the racetrack, better fuel efficiency on your commute. There's your truck application. The Power Vision is able to hold multiple tunes at one time. So a lot of times, aftermarket assassins, uh, you know, a, a Beekman performance. A lot of these guys, they will actually um, use this Power Vision to to basically install their own tune. So every time you buy a tune from Aftermarket Assassins or something like that, the DynaJet PowerVision 3 is the delivery mechanism. I bought mine directly from DynaJet and it came preloaded with their tunes for my manufacturer, uh, manufactured 
exhaust. It was great. Helped me fix some shift points. A lot more pep in my step. I'm very, very, very glad to have Dynojet on board. Um, I purchased the Dynojet Stage 2 kit, which comes with the PowerVision 3 tuner. It also comes with a clutch kit. Uh, that was an excellent choice to go ahead and knock both of those things out at one time. Really don't regret that at all. Roadside changes are a snap because it can help. It can hold multiple tunes. It can also monitor and track your progress to really get your engine roaring. So really great to have those guys. Dinojet Research Inc. on Facebook, Dinojet Research on Instagram, and Dinojet.com. Third is Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. Uh, Chris is actually at the Ultra Four race this weekend, and we are so stoked because he's there for your last minute needs. If you need uh, some valving change, if you need some tuning change, if you need an emergency shock servicing, something bad happens, I would argue that Chris even may have some on-hand inventory or have a way to get you a shock in the event of a worst case scenario. But if you're still looking for tuning, if you're still looking for servicing, anything last minute, uh, outside the shocks, inside the shocks, um, and even not related to the shocks, Chris is on site at a little venue just outside AOP. I mean, I say just outside. It's like right next to the uh, parking lot. So he's right there ready to go if you're headed to the race this weekend. I highly recommend if you run into any kind of issues or you need any parts, tools, anything like that, go bother Chris. Tell him Racing on the Rock sent you. He'll appreciate that. Diddy's Big Block Race Shop is actually working on a set of shocks for my Razor right now. Um, he needed some time to do some R&D and kind of just get in there and, and really get the guts of those things and, and, and get his hands on them. Uh, so I sent him a, a set of shocks, and he's been working on those. He's now built the tools to get them all apart, to do everything that he needs to do to them. Uh, it's really great. I can't wait to get those shocks back from Diddy's Big Block Race Shop because I know that they're going to be unparalleled and they're going to be so much better than what I'm currently running right now. Diddy's Big Block Race Shop on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, next is All Things UTV. Um, All Things UTV, dude, Dustin Robbins is the man. He's recently just jumped into the X3 short course stuff. Looks like a lot of fun. Uh, good luck to Dustin this weekend as you're going out. Dustin, if you're listening, have a great race, man. Uh, but... He owns allthingsutv.com, allthingsutv on Facebook and Instagram. This is pretty much your one-stop shop for everything hard parts on your on your UTV. Um, one thing that's super great is the Razor Aid Tender Springs uh, and the Tender Spring upgrades for all the cars, specifically the Razors. What it does is the top spring that's completely collapsed on your machine as of right now. Dustin at All Things UTV makes an aftermarket setup that actually turns your Razor suspension into a dual rate system. Very, very, very huge upgrade to the stocks of springs. Um, if you go and, and you know you had 500 bucks to make an adjustment, you know outside of safety measurements, I'm going to tell you that this is the very first thing that you should do. Also, some inner fender liners. Basically, the the piece of plastic that is in front of your feet on your UTV. Um, it's just plastic. So if you're going pretty fast and you have a sharp branch come through, that sharp branch is going to come through and hit you in the legs. Dustin makes um, steel inner fender liners that are completely molded, welded, and perfectly fit to line the inside of those wheel wells to keep you safe from incoming debris. I have those on my machine as well as the tender springs, both adjustments or both are upgrades I will always have on my machines just because of how amazing they are. 
Really have nothing but positive things to say about those and all the interactions I have with all things UTV. Super dude, super company, really glad to have those guys on board. And last but not least, Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road is your one-stop shop for lighting, whether it be UTVs, Jeeps, trucks, uh, rock lights, LED lighting, everything you can think of. They have a 25-year, you break it, they replace it, unavoidable warranty. Absolutely amazing. Uh, they are experiencing a slight delay on sometimes uh, due to the component supply related to the COVID-19. But I'll tell you this. I ordered some parts here recently. Uh, I was able to go actually to his house and pick him up in just a couple of days. Uh, he's getting the turnaround as fast as he can. Things that are really, really cool are the Infinite Off-Road Rock Light Kits. They're the only Rock Light Kit on the entire market that actually includes a dedicated white LED that, that, that doesn't combine colors to make white. Uh, it's kind of bonkers that that's not already like everywhere, but this just shows you how superior Infinite Off-Road is. He also has whips, wheel rings, light bars, light pods, wiring, and power controllers for your UTV, Jeep, and truck applications. InfiniteOffRoad.com, Infinite Off-Road on Facebook and Instagram. He's such a believer in the show that he gives everybody 10% off. Code word ROCKS, R-O-C-K-S at checkout. will get you 10% off the entire website. Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us and let's talk about racing on the rocks. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Let me make sure my audio is coming through here. Sounds good. Um, How is everybody this morning? We, uh... Don't have an agenda today. Uh, it's just me hanging out, but also, um, you know, we've got some stuff to talk about. First things first, um, today is race day for the Southern Rock Racing Series. They're racing at Hawk Pride. Uh, I got a chance yesterday to watch the UTV Cup Series. Uh, let me tell you guys, if you are not watching that live stream, um, typically the way the Southern rock racing or the national rock racing association does their races on Friday, they do a cup series, which is kind of like a short course mentality where they kind of race a course and it's, you know, fastest through the course. Uh, and on Saturdays is when they do the bounty Hills and stuff like that. So today we'll see the bouncers and we'll see the UTV, uh, hill killers essentially. But yesterday, uh, in the UTV, uh, Cup Series, they ran a uh, an optional course. Essentially, you start in one location, and I assume that they're going to run the exact same course uh, for the bouncers. Um, but at the very end of the course, they had uh, an optional line. Basically, you could take the bouncer line, which is up some giant ledges, um, or you could go around the giant ledges and you know take a little bit more time uh, with a couple rocks in that climb. I thought it was pretty cool to see um to see that optional line because here's the thing we had uh i won't say we i saw a few discussions on the southern rock racing series um i believe it was on a mad ram video there was a guy who used to race uh the hitman buggy he he commented on there a few people commented on there and they basically were saying um that the race at mid-america that pro rock did was easy that it was basically a flat hill 
you know, uh, you know, a straight shot, a U-turn, a jump, and then up. And they were basically kind of just talking about how that's not rock balancing. And it's more of the, you know, ultra four style courses and things like that. And to a certain degree, they're right. Um, Mid-America is somewhere that I've never been personally. Um, I have seen a lot of the hills on camera and stuff like that. It looks like uh, I think that the particular video that was shown, uh, they had talked about, you know, it, it, it had had 42 passes on the hill. So the more times that cars go up the hill, obviously the uh, kind of smoother it gets. A lot of the, you know, noisy, chattery rocks get kicked off the hill and things like that. It seems to find a, you know, the line becomes very evident because it gets kind of worn in. Um, but there was this huge discussion on the post about how, you know, rock bouncing in rock bouncing anymore. It's short course. So, uh, the guys who run the Southern Rock Racing Series or the National Rock Racing Series. So National Rock Racing Association is the umbrella that the Central, North, and Southern Rock Racing Series all fall under. Um, it's, you know, it's all the same thing. So if I, if I address it as the Southern Rock Racing Series, I mean the NRRA. So that being said, uh, a few of the guys that run that show, they chimed in and uh, they basically said, like, come this weekend, you're going to see rock bouncing and uh, at Hawk Pride. I was really surprised. Um, what probably surprised me the most, though, is in that UTV Cup series that they ran yesterday, um, I would say, what, 40% of the drivers took the optional line? And essentially, the optional line was, uh, or let me roll it back just a little bit, something that they've added in all of the courses this year um, for the bouncers, for the Cup series is there's a, there's a mandatory jump. So uh, they've instituted it in every course so far, and I'm, I'm sure that it's just part of the courses that they're going to build now. Um, but you had kind of a tabletop and then into a big kicker, and then basically from that, the landing off the kicker, uh, you could shoot it straight over the ledges. Um, that being said, uh, it, was, it was pretty interesting because a lot of the UTV Cup guys started to take that line. Uh, I thought it was really interesting because – Cup guys are kind of, you know, thought of to be more conservative against the Bounty Hill guys, which, uh, I mean, yesterday it pretty much showed not to be true that uh, a lot of these guys are doing double duty, but um, I'm actually going to pull up a picture for you guys to see here. Uh, the, the um, oh, goodness, here, I'm getting, I'm getting old, y'all. I don't know how to work my computer anymore. Um, so that's the ledge, essentially, from where the bottom of that picture, thank you, Black Dog Photography, um, they had to hit that ledge, and the ledge that Jamie Coldiron right there is hitting, it pops the front end up, the back end hits it, and then it shoots them over another ledge into what would be the top of the race course. Um, I think it's cool, but I really think that this shows that the UTV Cup Series can have you know, a little bit harder courses, a little bit more rocks in the courses. I mean, this isn't just like a rock garden added in. Uh, one thing that, that I see all the time, is in some of these ultra four, especially uh, pro rock endurance is probably the, the, the least guilty of this. Um, they'll make the, the endurance courses or the cup courses really smooth, basically all woods or what have you. And then they'll just slap a rock garden in it. Um, I don't think that that's the answer. I think that a lot of these ultra four guys, a lot of these endurance guys, a lot of these cup guys can handle stuff like this. Uh, I think that they can very easily take the big, big, you know, here's what I'm getting at. 
most of the drivers, a significant portion of the drivers yesterday chose to hit that optional line in sake of time, you know, time to gaining time rather than saving the car. I think that they should incorporate this. Uh, Clyde, Zach, whoever, you know, was a part of making that decision yesterday to do that. Um, good choice. I really think it's great. Um, I was very surprised yesterday when I turned it on um, and, and and saw basically what they're doing or what, what the course was that they're running. But uh, here, here's a good example of the jump that they had to hit just previous to the wall. <clears throat> so all that being said, uh, Southern Rock Racing guys, you guys did a great job with this course. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was really, really cool, uh, especially watching it as a fan. I think that there's an issue with uh, getting the the data, the bandwidth out. So uh, the live feed yesterday, it was kind of it wasn't it wasn't the best in terms of uh, pixelation, things like that. But it's pretty cool that we're still getting a chance to see the live feed. Uh, the hosts are in great location. They're literally right in, right, you know, here, right here, and then about 100 feet back is the obstacle. So I think it's a really great setup they have going on. If they can figure out the data processing for today. It'll be great. So I'm looking forward to watching that some today. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the keyboard warriors that talk about rock bouncing not being the same as it used to be and and, and really what can be done. Uh, if you're a regular listener of the show, you kind of understand that we've talked about it a little bit. But, you know, I think the fans are at a point where they want to get back to the roots now. All the time, the argument is we can't run harder hills because they're either too far back in the woods. We can't get spectators to them. And spectators are, you know, basically what feed the feed the money that comes in. Um, but I saw something really interesting. The live feed for the Pro Rock race at Mid America. I mean, it was probably seven, eight hundred last weekend uh, during some of the races. I don't, I don't recall exactly who was racing at the time. I why tuned in. Um, I personally was watching the Ultra Four race, uh, and they Ultra Four man did an amazing job of getting cameras into the woods at AOP. I thought that that was uh, that was really really cool what they did. Um, now, something that you have to take into account is you can't get a lot of the data out of that uh, out of those wood sections and things like that. You just can't do it. Um, there's not a lot of data processing and things like that. Um, they're doing a bunch of different things in term of uh, uh, um, they're doing a bunch of different things in terms of I'm actually recording a live podcast. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Uh, sorry, y'all just had a neighbor come up. Um, but what we're doing is, is basically Ultra 4 did an excellent job of getting the video out of the um, out of the woods. It, I thought it was good. Because we hadn't seen at Ultra 4, uh, or not at Ultra 4 necessarily, but we hadn't seen at AOP live coverage from deep down in the woods like that. I thought it was pretty interesting. I think they did a great job. I think that as time goes on, it will only get better. Um, but I think that whatever Ultra 4 is doing uh, in terms of the data and getting the streaming out to everybody, uh, the quality was the quality was really, really good. Uh, that being said... There was one third of the viewers for Ultra 4 as there was for the hill killing. So what that tells me is it's a lot harder. You know, I, I kind of asked the question on my Facebook. I was like, why is this happening? Why, why do we have almost a thousand people watching over here? And, you know, we're barely banking on 300 right now um, for Ultra 4. 
because I mean, when you look at funding, funding is normally indicative of popularity. And I would say that ultra four funding compared to uh, pro rock or Southern rock is, you know, multiplied by a factor. So I don't know. I don't know. I personally, I think that the endurance side of the pro rock of the Southern rock of that kind of thing like that. I think that those, I think that the, the sponsors like Ford, like, uh, Can-Am, Polaris, you know, I know that those guys are involved in the pro rock series, the Southern rock racing series, but I really think that they should start looking into that because, uh, the market is obviously there for the Southern rock, the pro rock stuff like that, for that hill killing style. Um, you know, there are sponsors for the big bouncers and stuff like that, but it's so hard to get a good sponsor, um, for the big bouncers, just for the sole fact that, um, Nothing you can't like, it's not a Ford up there. It's not a Can-Am up there. It's, it's, you know, hundred percent custom vehicle. So sponsorship in the bouncer side gets a little interesting. You know, you can piece it out to rad flow and, you know, uh, spider off road and things like that. Like you can do those things, but I think getting those, those factory sponsorships like ultra four has, you know, and progressive, like progressive insurance is a sponsor of ultra four. Surely, you know, an insurance company is involved in the rock bouncing sport. So all that being said, to summarize my thoughts here is I think it's very interesting. Um, I think that the, the draw of rock bouncing, um, is still there. I think it's still very, very popular. Um, I think it's in my opinion, more of a spectacle than ultra four. Now I personally, I think the endurance side of, of all those races is the most exciting. There's a couple guys, Eagle eye productions, seven fpv that are doing drone drone footage of um the endurance races like mid-america they had a drone foot they had drone footage of you know cody martin and jay shaw literally right at the finish line like just right in the head and neck and they they actually captured that moment when cody martin was able to uh win that race so i think that that's really cool i really think uh ultra four had a drone that was actually shooting live feed information out there's something to that, you know, there's that to be explored for the endurance guys. Um, I don't know. I just think we're in, we're in such an interesting place where the media is starting to catch up. The, the new technology of media is starting to catch up with uh, a lot of these, a lot of these organizations. And, you know, I would say in two or three years, you know, we're going to have good access to see ultra four way down in the woods, those battles that are happening, you know, um, AOP is not conducive to passing in the woods and things like that. So, I think it's really interesting um, what you'll see like Reno uh, has good coverage, but you know, maybe Oklahoma out in those wood sections, you know, ultra four occasionally will go to the Northeast and they'll do a race out there. Um, there's a bunch of different things that they can do in the future. And I think that it's really exciting, but all that being said, I really think some, some of the factory sponsors for, you know, uh, the bigger sponsors, let me say that should start feeding the the Southern rock and the, and the hill courses and stuff like that. I think it's pretty interesting. Just, you know, it's some things have been mulling around here. Um, one thing that did get released this week, which was uh, pretty interesting. I don't know if it was this week or, or um, last week, but there is a, um, let's see, man, I should have had it pulled up. Uh, Ducati released a, uh, a side-by-side rendering this week and uh it was pretty interesting 
I think they were talking about it being some kind of uh, hybrid vehicle or something along those lines. I, I didn't look too much into it, and there's there's definitely not um, a whole bunch of information out there on it yet. I think that they were just prototype renderings. Um, here we go. Uh, let's see if I can get this back in here. So there, there it is. Uh, Brett, Brent Hunter, thanks, man, for putting these up. Um, I think it's pretty interesting. I really like the fact that they're doing a built-in spare tire carrier. I think that's something that probably needs to be instituted, especially on the West Coast style rigs. Um, yeah, you know, it's something different. I think we're in a time now where um, it's it's a really sorry about that. There we go. Um, perfect. Uh, I think it's an interesting time where we're seeing a lot of different different people try and step into the market. And, you know, Segway. Uh, they just Segway. Yeah, it's Segway, not Segway. Segway, they just introduced their hybrid vehicle, uh, Nikola, who partners with the uh, military often for electronic-only vehicle. Um, we'll go over those shortly. But one thing I really wanted to highlight about this uh, Ducati vehicle is the rear suspension. looks like a cantilever suspension. Pretty interesting. It's never been done before. Uh, again, these are just prototypes, but you can see out here, you know, up in this top section of the of the vehicle, there's uh, the shock is actually upboarded here. Another thing of interest is actually the portal design here. It's 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 a portal into the trailing arm, which comes out, and obviously they're showing a, a you know four cylinder engine here. Um, very interesting. I don't know. It's new technology. I'm always really excited about new technology. Um, something else that's probably worth. Uh, Looking at is the uh, the Nikola NZT all electric side by side. I don't want videos on images. Um, you know what? We're actually going to go to uh, Nikola Power Sports, uh, NikolaMotor.com slash Power Sports. Um, the NZT. So the Reckless is their military version. Um, some interesting things: 775 foot pounds torque, 590 horsepower, uh, four second zero to sixty. Um, pretty standard, all that stuff, you know, four independent electric motors. That's how the Tesla actually runs. They run a motor at each wheel uh, with, with speed sensors. So that's how they, you know, negate. If you've ever been in a Tesla, you're never going to get wheel slippage. You're never going to get that type of thing because um, they have sensors, electronic sensors on each wheel that can pretty much, I think it's something crazy, like 3000 times a second. They are already sensing the wheel slippage before you could even think about feeling it in the car. Um, so we, we, you know, we see that here with the uh, electric motors there, they would, I would imagine they would have a similar sensor there. It's very interesting what they can do with that there. Um, it's all the direct drive electric motors drive each wheel. So no more belts or anything like that. Um, charging blah, blah, who cares about any of that stuff? Um, 125 inch wheelbase, 72 inch width, Eh, that's pretty big. Uh, 125 inch wheelbase is pretty big. Got 160 inch uh, length, but um, this is this is I don't I don't know if you guys can see that. That is the issue for the Nikola car. Eighty thousand dollars. So I had someone ask me. I go to jujitsu a couple times a week, and uh, I was talking to him about you know setting up a race team and getting into side by sides and things like that. They said, you know, I told them Can-Am, the new Can-Am is almost $40,000, uh, 37000 something like that, thirty-eight. And they were like, well, you know, how expensive did they get? Quoted this car right here. It starts at 
thousand dollars uh granted the inside is pretty amazing you see here they have an option to the right there uh it includes uh, a hard top power windows climate control hvac it's it's pretty amazing on the inside from the from the real life pictures that i've seen um come stock with 35 inch tires uh, sound all that kind of fun stuff what's really interesting is they have a 3,000 pound towing capa capacity i don't know about that i'm not sure that i would put my anything uh behind that but let me show you guys some some actual pictures of the car um it's pretty weird so it looks very reminiscent of a uh, of the can-am and the front end style um i just popped that open into a new window here so let me get that back in here uh but it looks good it's cool um, the thing about it is, is it's silent. So after this podcast, I really highly recommend you guys, you know, Nikola Motor side by side. There's a video of it doing a pass at like 65, 70 miles an hour, and it's silent. All you hear is the, the you know, the the jarring of the suspension, the tires on the ground, no motor, no nothing. It's, it's pretty silent. It's kind of weird. Uh, so I see the military application for this, certainly. Uh, recreationally, look. I'm going up to close to my mic here for the person who has $80,000 to spend on a recreational vehicle. That's not a rock bouncer, you know, just a recreational. Why don't you give me a call? You get one of these, I'll fly out and I'll meet you somewhere because uh, I'd love to get in one. And I don't know of anybody that's going to be in one particularly anytime soon. So I'm, you know, there's, there's information floating out. I just wanted to raise that topic uh, and just see, you know, what everybody's thoughts were. Another thing on here, you know, kind of I made the little sticky note that I'm just going down. How expensive is too expensive? So a lot of times, you know, I had a, I had a, uh, Ian Johnson on recently and he, he mentioned, you know, for, for 10 or 12 grand, you can get yourself a pretty capable small size crawler. Um, and for $80,000, you can get yourself a turnkey build from Wide Open Design. I'm pretty sure that'll get you one. Um, you're not obviously going to get a fully customized or fully this and that. You're not going to get those, but you can definitely get a turnkey build from wide open design for 80 grand. So that's, that's the upper echelon of the side-by-side -side market, but razor. So let's go, let's go on razor. Let's go to Polaris and let's see how much a, uh, how much a razor costs because uh, I personally haven't bought a razor new ever. Um, I've always bought a, uh, a used vehicle, whether it's a, you know, a pretty new, used vehicle or so on and so forth so uh we'll start at the bottom here there we go okay so uh razor 900 starts at 14 uh 900s 15 and a razor s 1000 is 17 that's high rs ones are 15 and then a uh, razor xp 1000 19 and then a turbo is 20 okay let me go ahead and save you a little bit of heartbreak here if you're going to buy a new vehicle and the MSRP, which, you know, you should never be paying MSRP. They have rebates, they have sales, they have volume dealers, you know, whatever it may be. If it is $400 or, you know, $1,400 more to get a turbo, just buy the turbo. It is so much of a better, so much of a better vehicle. If you're paying 19 grand for an XP 1000, just pay 5,000 more or whatever it is and just get the XP Turbo S. Don't pay nineteen thousand for an XP one thousand ever, ever. The used market is something that I push on people just because uh, you can get a really like this car behind me, uh, that one right there. 
I got it from a guy. It had, it had, uh, I don't even know how many miles on it, but it was pretty much driven up and down the street. There was no, no you know, you can find a really good used vehicle for, for pretty low. Uh, 22 and 25, 26. Okay. When does it become too much money? What is the number where it becomes too much? You know, what what is the everyday person willing to spend on a side by side? For me, if I were to do it all over again, I think sixteen thousand would probably be um, a starting place for me. And even then, that's that's high. That's not an easy thing to bite off. Uh, you know, if I was really going to splurge and buy a machine that I'm going to keep for a while, you know, maybe twenty thousand. But then again, I'm you know I have a two thousand and eight Chevrolet Silverado uh, that will need replacing it sometime. And I'm not sure I could justify 20,000. It, it's, it's just the, the, the question being asked here is, you know, at what point is it too much money? Uh, obviously 80,000 is too much. I saw another quote for a Nicola for 62,000. That's bonkers. Um, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. For those who don't know, I'm going to have Can-Am on, Can-Am factory. I'm going to have uh, Polaris factory on, I believe in August for both of those. Um, I'm going to talk to them about what, what's the end game. You know, every single year, the the new release of the new model, we see it jump up, you know, seven, $8,000 in price. When does it stop? I mean, at what point do you start applying this high technology stuff to the lower model vehicles? At what point does, uh, you know, this XP model that's probably worth $10,000, you know, I don't, I've got it pretty, pretty loaded up with parts, but it's still an XP 1000. When are they going to start phasing out the XP1000s and making the Pro XP or and, and the Turbo S style models the standard? And, you know, do those models replace the XP1000 in terms of that, you know, 17, 18, $19,000 range? Uh, you know, does it all just kind of push down and eventually the X3 is, you know, that $16,000 Can-Am, whereas the, the, the older model Maverick is out there? What, at what point does, does that happen or do we just keep stacking models on top of each other? Those are some of the questions I'm going to ask them. Um, I don't know. Okay. Uh, West coast races, um, Vegas to Reno. I was talking to a guy this morning who is planning on racing Vegas to Reno. And, uh, let me see here. They, they basically, I'll save it for lack of reading. Um, they basically sent out a thing this week that said, Hey, Vegas to Reno tentative to cancel, you know, uh, well, I don't, I don't know why you would put out something that says, Hey, we're, we're, you know, thinking about canceling this race due to COVID unless you already knew it was going to be canceled. Um, you know, he, he sent it to me and he said, this is just the, this is just the lube when they get ready to, to finish the job next week. Uh, and just tell us that it's canceled. Cause obviously it's uh, August 1st today. That race is supposed to be August 12th. If you're a race organization and I realize that you're trying to, you're trying to keep the races going. You're trying to keep all this stuff going, but giving people, you know, preparation for months and then canceling the race 11 days in advance. I mean, it's not even going to be 11 days. It'll be on a week's notice. You know, canceling on a week's notice is not how you treat your, your racers. It's just not good business. It's not good ethics. It kills morale. Uh, you know, the next time you have a race, they're not, they're probably not going to buy into it until, you know, until the last minute. I mean, because they don't know if it's going to happen. They don't know if you're going to get canceled on again. To me, I understand as a race promoter, you're really trying to make it happen, but just cancel the race. Don't don't put out. You know, oh, it's, it might be canceled. What is that? What is like? What is that? You might as well just cancel the race because you are basically saying, hey, 
get ready for the post, you know, that's coming, that's going to cancel this race. It's just not, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of, you know, shooting a deer in the leg, just kill it. Just end it. If you know, it's going to be over, just go ahead and end it there. So uh, it looks like Vegas Serena will be canceled. If I had an assumption, uh, you know, mm. uh, Kentucky cross country. So this was something that kind of just ran across my, uh, ran across my, Instagram or my Facebook feed. Uh, it's Kentucky XC Racing on Facebook. Uh, they have had a couple races. They look like they've got some really great promotional stuff going on right now. I'm gonna throw it up here on screen so everybody can see with me. Um, this is a new a new race league we're looking at. Uh, obviously, they've got a race August 1st. They've got a race uh, September 24th. Um, Kentucky area, Northern Kentucky area. They are racing side by sides. Uh, I likely, you know, if everything goes according to plan and they continue to have the races that are on schedule, I'm going to try and make one of the races this, this fall. Um, last thing I have to do for this car is window nets and pass through harnesses, uh, pass throughs on the seats. So I've got both of those ordered. I've got both of those ordered. Uh, so my, my XP 1000, I believe they have a naturally aspirated class. So I'll be racing in that. Um, but my plan is to be down there and race race one of those races. Uh, it's not pro rock. It's not endurance. It's not ultra four. It's cross country, which tells me it's probably going to be a lot easier on parts. It's going to be uh, a little easier to get into in terms of probably entry fees and things like that because these guys are just now getting the ball rolling. I'm about it. I, I really think it's good to try all different kinds of things. Um, I've never done uh, cross country, you know, anything. So we'll see how it turns out. I don't know what to expect, but I'm going to keep an eye on this. Um, but Kentucky XC Racing, give those guys a follow. We have a lot of guys in the Kentucky area who listen to the show, a lot of guys in the surrounding states as well, um, and, and a lot of guys who could come out here and really, really do some damage. So uh, big hype for these guys. I'm excited. I'm going to try to make their possibly, it looks like it's going to be their uh, September race. Uh, let's see if we can get it. The Red River Scramble here. Uh, duh, 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 duh. Uh, motorcycle rally bummer okay maybe i'm not going to try and make that so we'll see uh they have utv races every once in a while um you know atv mx all that kind of stuff i'll try and make some of these races this year just to see what it's about but i wanted to give those guys a little bit of a uh, shout out because uh i'm looking at racing them myself you know i always looking to do something different that car is set up to do nothing right now except party and uh we'll see how it all turns out um, let's see. The other thing I want to talk about is getting ready to that car or getting that car ready. Um, L and W radius rods. I've got some ORB trailing arms coming in. I've got super ATV a arms. So the box high clearance a arms. I'm going to give them a try. Um, I've had bad luck with some of their tube stuff, but we'll see, you know, it's kind of one of those things. Uh, we'll see. I'm waiting on a couple more safety things to come in and then we should be ready to race and I should be out there. Um, if you guys are interested in getting any kind of real estate on the car, uh, just message the Facebook or the Instagram. We can always work out something um, promotional stuff uh, in, in exchange for parts, stuff like that. Just help getting the car going. Um, what has been taking up my time because I'm not going to be trail riding. I'm not going to be racing uh, while it's still this dang hot outside. I don't know about you guys, but you guys who are racing, uh, obviously you can see I've got my garage bay open. Um, you guys that are racing right now, 
y'all are going through it. Fire suits, full size helmets, guys at the Ultra Four race. I heard I had a few guys reach out to me, um, more than one that talked about uh, fatigue and attrition during the race. You know, going against them. I'm a big proponent of health. I have uh, you know some nutrition certifications, some fitness certifications. Uh, if anybody needs help with diet, exercise, anything like that, it really makes a big deal when you get in that fire suit. Uh, you know, those extra 10, 15 pounds you got carrying on you, they heat you up too. Um, if you're in better shape, you can last longer in the car. You can stay more precise and wise. That's always a big thing. And I haven't talked to as many racers about it. You know, how do you take care of yourself to prepare yourself for these long races? Because um, it definitely plays a factor. Uh, definitely plays a factor. But I personally, I don't, I used to love the summer. I used to love going riding during the summer and it's just something that's worn on me. So, uh, I'm not actually riding right now. That's the last ride I went on was two or three weeks ago, and I need to wash the car up and get it, you know, do once over on everything, get it ready for the races this fall. But um, she's parked. She's parked for a while because it's just too dang hot. Um, what I'm doing to keep myself busy, though, in the meantime, if you listen to our episode with Jordan Pellegrino, you'll know that we, we talked pretty extensively about the uh, COVID nationals that he did at his actually at his house. Um, what he had set up and all that kind of other fun stuff. Um, the COVID Nationals is a race set up for these right here. These are 124th scale axial cars. So if you've been uh, around the podcast, you know that I've got a big love for the RC stuff. Um, my kid has fallen in love with these. My wife has been out there playing with us. Um, what we've done essentially is just made a little course in our backyard, and we're calling it the Southeastern COVID Nationals um, to rip Jordan off completely. Uh, but these are pretty fun. I gotta say, so the one tenth scale, uh, that one tenth scale, uh, the, you know, all that kind of fun stuff, one twenty four scale, uh, one tenth is, is obviously a little bigger. I've got a one tenth axial bomber here that obviously has been put through its, uh, through some mud here recently, but you can tell that this car, uh, the body's not attached to it for one. Um, but this car is a lot bigger which means the bigger the car, the bigger the tire, the more, you know, the bigger the obstacles have to be to, uh, you know, you got to find places to play. So it's a little harder to find places to play when the cars are bigger. Uh, I have the 1.9 bomber over there, and I've also got a one-tenth scale uh, bouncer here. A lot of the RC rock bouncing guys have talked me into it. Uh, really, really cool setup. Um, these things are tons of fun. Uh, Travis Vance built me this uh, this chassis here, and uh, I got a, I'm running a Hoback skid there, so I can run leading and uh, trailing arms. They're pretty fun, you guys. If you don't already have the RC stuff, if you're not into the RC stuff, I've got the answer for you. Okay, these guys right here, they're a hundred bucks or 110, I think. They come with a controller, they come with your battery, they come with a charger everything that you need because once you start getting into the higher end stuff you have to buy a charger you have to buy a battery they don't come included in the price of the car but these little guys right here um they do come or everything's ready to rip uh what's really cool about them is so this is my this is my stepdaughter's car um it's totally stock you know we got uh got axial uh nittos here pretty cool little one inch tall nittos uh this is one of their deadbolt bodies um they also make this body for the one-tenth scale. So this is my old one of my old crawler bodies that I had just floating around. But obviously, this will show you the size difference between one-tenth 
and 124th. Um, these 124th cars, they're pretty neat. Uh, I would normally have something pulled up here, but I just want to show you guys what I've got in my hands. Uh, battery included, ESC included. There's a little motor in there, uh, right sitting right here. Um, you know, servos are strong. It's all really fun. Look, the reason that I'm talking about this is because there are some days that people will come up and they'll ask me, you know, what's your favorite type of off-roading? I've done full-size in Jeeps. I've done, I've ridden around in rock bouncers. I've done side-by-sides, endurance, hill killing. I've done a little bit of everything. Not the, you know, I'm not the best at everything, but done a little bit of everything. Um, and there are days where I would tell you that RC is more fun than anything else. Um, obviously it's a fraction of the cost, which is always nice because you can go a little bit harder and not have to worry about paying for it. But, um, these 124th cars are really, really, really fun. They're pretty indestructible in terms of, uh, my stepdaughter, or I'll just call her my daughter from now on. Uh, my daughter drove it down the stairs. You know, she put a little action, little LOL action figures, dolls in there, and then just drove it, you know, yeeted it off the stairs. I uh, didn't roll all the way down, no damage to it. So they're super tough. Everything is replaceable. Um, and it's so great because if you were to break something, you know, in the steering up here or something like that, this whole axle assembly is 20 bucks. So, you know, rather than trying to have to worry about finding this exact part for that exact piece or doing this and that, um, you can just order whole sections and they all come pre-assembled. So you don't have to worry about it. It's really nice. Uh, obviously you can see the, the suspension is, is, is really soft and, uh, it's really a good time to play with. So this is my stepdaughter's, uh, and this is uh, this is mine. So she's got the deadbolt body, and I have the uh, I've got the Jeep body here. Now I've done some modifications to mine. You'll see that mine's got a little bit more droop and stuff, and uh, it's the body's not all the way down on there. But I took the front bumper off. You know, run the run the lights through the grill, and uh, there's plenty of articulation. Um, all kinds of fun stuff. A lot of a lot of suspension travel. But what we've done or what I've done is uh, I built this little backyard course and, and I've had so much fun with it. If you are, you know, not able to afford a rock bouncer, that's me. If you're not able to keep dumping money into a side by side, if you're not able to get a side by side, if you're not able to get, you know, one of these that run you four five, six, seven hundred dollars, you know, after it's all said and done. Um, these 124th cars are awesome. Uh, they're pretty tough for what they are. They're so much fun. You can run them inside, outside. Uh, I just have had a blast. The, the experience of driving these cars is very similar to a one-to-one -one full-size rig. A lot of guys, I talked to Jordan Pellegrino, who's an Ultra 4 guy. Um, he said, you know, they're very realistic in terms of, you know, if you can learn how to how these maneuver and the physics of how these maneuver, um, you'll, you'll have a good idea of how the one-to-one -one works. But most of all, it's something to do. Uh, you know, a lot of people out there can't go wheeling right now due to the coronavirus. Um, a lot of people out there may not have the funds right now. You know, I know work has been really crazy for some people. So uh, 110 bucks, loads of fun. I had $110 worth of fun on the first night I bought it. And I, I've had so much more since then. Um, these things are fully customizable. They've got wheels, tires, you know, super swampers you can put on here. Uh, and there's a, a 3D printer guy who will make you a rock bouncer cage for them. So they're really fun. I, I did not necessarily buy into them when Axial first released them. I thought they were kind of like the wrong direction. I was like, you guys are neglecting the, you know, the 2.2 market, the big bouncers. You guys are missing this market. But I was wrong. 
This is great. These are so much fun. Uh, they're pretty fast. They've got plenty of torque. They're super capable, and they're tons of fun. Uh, I built this course so that my buddies can come over. We can drink a 12-pack beer, yell at each other, and see if you can get the fastest time. Um, I'll post a picture of my homemade course when it gets cleaned up just a little bit. Uh, I recently built a little wood structure. It's like a little wood, you know, arc pass around. And uh, it doesn't look the best, but it was for proof of concept. Uh, when it gets cleaned up a little bit, I'll uh, I'll put some pictures online and, you know, we'll have races. Uh, so when are you getting a 124th chassis? I don't know. Uh, these things work pretty well. I'll be honest with you, uh, Dustin. Uh, you know, the, 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 the chassis are cool. They look cool, but... You know, it's kind of one of those things that I really didn't want to throw a whole lot of money at these. I really just kind of wanted to see what they were about, kind of get into it, get it, you know, get in, get out type thing. I thought they were going to suck. Um, they're pretty fun. They're pretty fun. Uh, I have run the, the 124th scale car in the last couple of weeks uh, 10 times as much as I've run any other car. And I haven't run that car in the last two weeks and I've run, you know, the minis. So a lot of fun. I really recommend them. Uh, they've got, obviously, they've got this car. And a red, a green. They have a C10 truck. They've got the the Jeeps. Uh, they've got the Jeeps and a white and an orange. Uh, wish I'd had bought the orange, but they didn't have it at my local hobby store. Um, always trying to support those guys. You know, keep the money in the in the in the local area if you can. Helps keep the door open. Everybody's having a hard time right now. So rather than you know, if you can go somewhere local, it's always best. But uh. In terms of what I, what else we got going on, uh, just getting the safety up for this car, my 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 side by side, um, so we can start racing in the fall. I'm going to give the ORB trailing arms a try. Um, thanks to Dustin at All Things UTV uh, hooking me up with a set of those. It's going to be great. Uh, two and a half inches of ground clearance. You know, going to be awesome. I'm really really excited to give those a try. Um, I've never had a car with aftermarket trailing arms, so. I'll let you know if it's worth, you know, worth buying just because they're they're pretty dang expensive. I think the, the final price of it all was about 730 bucks for the ORB powder coated and shipped. Um, you know, it's kind of is what it is. Uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm also not sure what the future of that car is. You know, it's paid for all that kind of fun stuff. So it's hard to want to go get another car. But also uh, with the, you know, the looming 1000 XP transmissions over my head. It's, it's something to always think about, but uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Other than that, uh, it looks like the, uh, the Southern rock racing series, Hawk pride live stream has started. Uh, I'm excited to watch those guys today. Curious what the bouncers are going to do, you know, all kinds of fun stuff. So uh, I'm, I did 40 minutes by myself. It's not my intention. I was going to jump in here and just for 20 minutes, chit chat about nothing. Uh, made it go a little longer than I expected. So, all that being said, guys, um, thank you. Support those who support the show. DinoJet, uh, DinoJet, SuperGrip ATV. Man, it is so funny. Everything's backwards. Uh, Infinite Off-Road, all things UTV. Uh, Diddy's Big Block. I do want to say this before I close out the show. I've been talking to Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. Um, so there's there's the, the, the shock market in the side-by-side -side industry is – a couple of different things. You have two pathways. You can spend, you know, 400 bucks and get a complete set of tenders and vastly improve your, your ride right out of the box. Or you can take the stage one shock therapy kit, which is, you know, a, a full set of springs. Stage two involves, you know, revalving all that kind of fun stuff. There's, there's different stages and levels. So essentially you can upgrade the springs, no valving. You can upgrade the valving with no springs. You can do tenders, and no valving upgrades. 
Um, what I'm working on with Chris over at Diddy's Big Block is we're trying to find the middle ground. If I can, you know, spend 400 bucks and get some tenders or 250 bucks, I don't remember, I don't recall exactly what the price of the tender kit is. Um, if, uh, if I can get some tenders for my vehicle and I can send my shocks off and have them revalved for the super, super competitive rate that Diddy's big block is doing them for me um, and get this, get a really nice package out of it. What that does is that cuts a thousand dollars off the full shock setup because springs for all the corners and everything is about a thousand, 1200 bucks, you know, just depending on what you, what all you want to do and all that kind of fun stuff. So, I'm actually going to go up with Diddy's uh, Big Block Race Shop. I'm going up with there with Chris sometime to Blue Holler. And he's got a set of my shocks right now. Uh, we're going to take this set of shocks and we're going to set one of them up for uh, endurance racing or cross-country racing. And then we're going to set the other set up for uh, trail riding and try to get the best trail riding with just tenders and a revalve. And then we're going to – the other set of shocks, I believe, has stock springs on there. Uh, and we're going to try and we're going to try and overcompensate in the valving department and see what, what what's the best that we can get with just a revalve. What's the best that we can get for tenders and a revalve? And we're going to try and find this middle ground for you guys. Um, Chris is working hard, man. Chris is I mean, he's at every race doing the bouncers, trail rigs, everything. Uh, he just did a, a four seater. And, and he the, the guy who has the four seater said it was a really night and day difference with just valving. Um, I'm really excited to see what we come up with. And when I say what we come up with, I'm not going to be doing anything. I'm too stupid. I'm a moron. I have no idea what it comes to when it comes to shock stuff. So Chris is going to work his magic. I'm going to have my seat time in my car. We're going to be swapping shocks off, you know, all day doing short course, doing woods, doing trail riding. And we're really going to have to try to figure something out where, you know, I can, I can come to you guys and say, Hey, do you have tenders? Yes. Okay. Well, here's the valving spec that I recommend for trail riding. You know, here's the valving setup I recommend for uh, endurance racing. Now, when I say valving setup, it's going to be, hey, go to Chris, tell him you've got tenders and tell him, you know, we're going to build out these packages so that you know right out of the gate. And I, I can wholeheartedly tell you my experiences with the exact valving setup that he's going to hook you up with. And, and I'm going to be able to say, okay, if you're trail riding and you have tenders, this is a great package for you. If you're trail riding and you don't have tenders and you just want to revalve and see how it works for you, I can tell you that this feels this way. You know, it's 40% as good as your ride with tenders or it's 80% a difference, you know, just valving versus tenders and no valving. You know, we're really working on these combinations to try and get you guys some, uh, some budget friendly shock tuning because man, I mean, I'm, I'm the prime example I've run in cars, with shock therapy, gold edition, $3,000 worth of shocks, tuned, sprung, everything's perfect. $5,000 worth of shock. Like you, you, that's not attainable for a lot of people. A lot of people want to throw some tenders at it and see what happens from there. If I can get you guys a valving setup on top of that, that's really reasonable and get you out the door for a fraction of that, you know, high premier entry level dual rate spring, this and that. If I can get you at a fraction of that and have, have, you know, I don't think that you'll, ever get that kind of ride by not changing springs out. Um, but if I can get you 75% of that ride for 25% of the cost, I feel good about that. I feel good about making that recommendation. So that's something in the works. We'll see how it all pans out. Um, you know, 
it's all only time will tell. We'll get out there. We'll test tune all that kind of fun stuff. And uh, we'll get you a package that, or I'll recommend you a package. We'll get you a package R and D and developed and all that kind of fun stuff where I can say, Hey, if you want to get tenders, here's a great valving setup. If you don't want to do it, you just want to get valving. You know, I can, I can tell you your ride's going to be 40% better by just doing this valving. You know, that's kind of the idea that we're shooting for. So all that being said, with a very long winded answer, Chris over at Diddy's big block is grinding right now to get an excellent shock option for everybody. And he'll even offer, you know, the full shebang. If you want to do springs, valving, all that kind of fun stuff, he'll definitely offer that as well. Um, you know, he's just trying to find a middle ground for the everyday person. So thanks guys for staying around. Um, thanks for the sponsors and thanks for, for those of you guys who chime in all the time. Really appreciate your support. If you're not already, make sure you're subscribed to us on Apple podcast, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, I don't know if this is a dead set thing or not, but um, I am in talks right now with Super Grip ATV. Uh, I should be getting another set of tires in here pretty soon. Um, they're supposed to be for me testing the intermediate compound um, because I still haven't gotten my hands on them. They've just been so unavailable. But what I'm thinking I'm going to do is probably uh, hold another giveaway sometime, maybe Thanksgiving or Christmas. And uh, I, I believe that I may even be giving away a set of Diddy's Big Block tuned shocks uh, towards the end of the year as well. We'll just have to see what it all pans out, but please keep your eyes uh, open for that. So, you know, Super Grip ATV tires may be coming down the line and a set of fully uh, valved shocks may be coming down the line for a giveaway as well. So thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate you guys every single time. Thank you all. A couple things you can do for me. If you're on an Apple or iOS device on Apple Podcast, please leave us a review. Five stars always helps, and if you add a little bit of text, that really helps. Um, just helps us stand out and get noticed a little bit more. The next thing, make, your, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, all that kind of fun stuff. It'll make sure that you don't miss an episode. Today's show is the best. Today's show is brought to you, first and foremost, by Supergrip ATV. Uh, Supergrip ATV, I'm going to give a little testimonial here. I went riding this weekend after not riding for about a month. Um, my tires in my garage, just call it what it is, they, they lost a little bit of air. So I ended up airing three out of the four tires up on my rig. And uh, that that fourth tire, um, to, to circumvent the story a little bit here, um, did not have as much air in it as I thought. The cool thing about the Kevlar and the super strong sidewalls is that uh, they, they look really, it looks like it has more air because the, the sidewall is actually holding the vehicle up. It's such a strong, durable tire. Um, get it into the rocks, got it in a, between a rock and a hard place and another sharp rock. And I find out very quickly that that tire probably has about two, maybe three pounds of PSI in there. I got that tire so bent up and torn and I thought I was going to get a pinch in the bead. And I mean, I was barely, I was riding on the wheel basically. Um, I thought I had trashed the tire and I was personally had already told myself, okay, you lost the front one. You know, make it where the rear doesn't have the same fate. I was already decided I lost the first tire. Just don't lose the second one. So I did everything I could. Exact same story with the rear tire. Um, thought I had lost it. So end up hobbling it back to the trail. I borrow a buddy's compressor. Next thing I know that this Super Grip ATV K9 tire with Kevlar in it, that's a big distinction here, um, airs back up after being just ravaged and pinched and all kinds of messed up. 
airs it back up about 10, 12 pounds back in it, and it's still holding about 10 pounds as of today. I really can't say that I would ever expect a tire to uh, live during that abuse. So just another testament of how much I believe in those tires. Um, pretty much ran it through flat on some of the most gnarly hill, sharp rocks, bad situation I got myself into. Um, just a just a rough spot, and those tires really shined. So very glad to have those guys, and also very glad to be promoting a product that kicks ass. So that being said, the next sponsor is DinoJet Research Inc. Uh, DinoJet has something that's really cool. They have a Power Vision tuner. Now this tuner is applicable to UTVs, Sea-Doo's, jet skis, motorcycles, trucks, uh, dirt bikes, everything that you can think of. UTVs, obviously. Um, the Power Vision is a powerhouse fuel tuner made to optimize your power for more speed on the racetrack, better fuel efficiency on your commute. There's your truck application. The Power Vision is able to hold multiple tunes at one time. So a lot of times, aftermarket assassins, uh, you know, a, a Beekman performance. A lot of these guys, they will actually um, use this Power Vision to to basically install their own tune. So every time you buy a tune from Aftermarket Assassins or something like that, the DynaJet Power Vision 3 is the delivery mechanism. I bought mine directly from DynaJet and it came preloaded with their tunes for my manufacturer uh, manufactured exhaust. It was great, helped me fix some shift points, a lot more pep in my step. I'm very, very, very glad to have DynaJet on board. Um, I purchased the DynaJet Stage 2 kit, which comes with the Power Vision 3 tuner. It also comes with a clutch kit. Uh, that was an excellent choice to go ahead and knock both of those things out at one time. Really don't regret that at all. Roadside changes are a snap because it can help, it can hold multiple tunes. It can also monitor and track your progress to really get your engine roaring. So really great to have those guys. DinoJet Research Inc. on Facebook, DinoJet Research on Instagram, and DinoJet.com. Third is Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. Uh, Chris is actually at the Ultra 4 race this weekend, and we are so stoked because he's there for your last-minute needs. If you need uh, some valving change, if you need some tuning change, if you need an emergency shock servicing, something bad happens, I would argue that Chris even may have some on-hand inventory or have a way to get you a shock in the event of a worst-case scenario. But if you're still looking for tuning, if you're still looking for servicing, anything last-minute, uh, outside the shocks, inside the shocks, um, and even not related to the shocks, Chris is on site at a little venue just outside AOP. I mean, I say just outside. It's like right next to the uh, parking lot. So he's right there ready to go if you're headed to the race this weekend. I highly recommend if you run into any kind of issues or you need any parts, tools, anything like that, go bother Chris. Tell him Racing on the Rock sent you. He'll appreciate that. Diddy's Big Block Race Shop is actually working on a set of shocks for my Razor right now. Um, he needed some time to do some R&D and kind of just get in there and, and really get the guts of those things and, and, and get his hands on them. Uh, so I sent him a, a set of shocks, and he's been working on those. He's now built the tools to get them all apart, to do everything that he needs to do to them. Uh, it's really great. I can't wait to get those shocks back from Diddy's Big Block Race Shop because I know that they're going to be unparalleled. And they're going to be so much better than what I'm currently running right now. Diddy's Big Block Race Shop on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, next 
is All Things UTV. Um, All Things UTV, dude, Dustin Robbins is the man. He's recently just jumped into the X3 short course stuff. Looks like a lot of fun. Uh, Good luck to Dustin this weekend as you're going out. Dustin, if you're listening, have a great race, man. Uh, But he owns allthingsutv.com, allthingsutv on Facebook and Instagram. This is pretty much your one-stop shop for everything hard parts on on your UTV. Um, one thing that's super great is the Razor Aid Tender Springs uh, and the Tender Spring upgrades for all the cars, specifically the Razors. What it does is the top spring that's completely collapsed on your machine as of right now, Dustin at All Things UTV makes an aftermarket setup that actually turns your Razor suspension into a dual rate system. Very, very, very huge upgrade to the stocks of springs um if you go and, and you know you had 500 bucks to make an adjustment you know outside of safety measurements i'm going to tell you that this is the very first thing that you should do also some inner fender liners basically with the the piece of plastic that is in front of your feet on your utv um it's just plastic so if you're going pretty fast and you have a sharp branch come through that sharp branch is going to come through and hit you in the legs dustin makes um steel inner fender liners that are completely molded, welded, and perfectly fit to line the inside of those wheel wells to keep you safe from incoming debris. I have those on my machine as well as the tender springs. Both adjustments or both are upgrades I will always have on my machines just because of how amazing they are. Really have nothing but positive things to say about those and all the interactions I have with all things UTV. Super dude, super company, really glad to have those guys on board. And last but not least, Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road is your one-stop shop for lighting, whether it be UTVs, Jeeps, trucks, uh, rock lights, LED lighting, everything you can think of. They have a 25-year, you break it, they replace it, unavoidable warranty. Absolutely amazing. Uh, They are experiencing a slight delay on some times due to the component supply related to the COVID-19. But I'll tell you this. I ordered some parts here recently. Uh, I was able to go actually to his house and pick them up in just a couple of days. Uh, He's getting the turnaround as fast as he can. Things that are really, really cool are the infinite off-road rock light kits. They're the only rock light kit on the entire market that actually includes a dedicated white LED that, that, that doesn't combine colors to make white. Uh, it's kind of bonkers that that's not already like everywhere, but this just shows you how superior Infinite Off-Road is. He also has whips, wheel rings, light bars, light pods, wiring, and power controllers for your UTV, Jeep, and truck applications. InfiniteOffRoad.com, Infinite Off-Road on Facebook and Instagram. He's such a believer in the show that he gives everybody 10% off. Code word ROCKS, R-O-C-K-S at checkout. will get you 10% off the entire website. 